pay her to do that. Uh, well, look, Dave's getting some printed material, but why, why don't we... Um, okay, why don't we get started? So uh, this afternoon, we're going to have uh, some brainstorming stuff that we're going to work in groups and hopefully talk a little bit about the church, especially after this morning's session. Uh, we might have some ideas about what the church might look like. But... Um, what we thought we would do between now and lunch is talk a little bit about this group called the Anglican Mission because many of you probably haven't heard that term or not exactly sure what that means and what it looks like. And uh, what, we, what we thought we would do is uh, in Canada, because of the laws of the Societies Act and and um, the tax laws and the CRA and all that stuff, even though we belong to the Anglican Mission in the Americas based in the United States, we have to have a Canadian branch just for the sake of being organised and money and tax deductibility and all that stuff. And so in Canada we have a bishop and what we've called a national leadership team. We coordinate now, I believe it's about... Uh, 10 churches and four church plants in Canada. We had several more churches, but since all of this stuff has happened, we've lost some of our churches. And this national leadership team, which is... Um, okay, well, do you want me to just briefly describe that? It might help. It might help. Okay. A lot of people probably don't really know. Okay. So let me, let me tell you what happened about um, eight months ago. As you know, way back ten years ago, a whole bunch of Anglican ministers, priests, began to leave the Anglican denomination, both in Canada and in the United States. These were men and some women who just felt strongly about the word of God, the whole... Um, sexuality thing and they left the church and over a period of time two organizations of all those evangelicals charismatics Anglican priests two organizations have shaken out of that after the last 10 12 years one organization called the Anglican Church of North America have decided that it's time that there was a new denomination in North America, a new Anglican denomination in North America. We've got the Anglican Church in Canada, and we don't want that. We've got the Episcopal Church in the USA, and we don't want that. So we're going to start a new denomination called the Anglican Church of North America. And basically, it's a denomination run like a denomination with jurisdictions and dioceses and bishops and synods. and It's just a Christian version of what they left. A big jurisdiction. The other half have shaken down and said, you know what, we don't want to belong to another denomination and start a new denomination. We're not interested in rewriting canons and having synods and voting and all that stuff. We just want to do the mission of the church. And that group 
became known as the Anglican Mission in the Americas. So there are now two sort of Christian, legitimate groups in North America which have their Canadian representatives. The Anglican Church of North America, which is a jurisdictional model, and the Anglican Mission in the Americas, of which we are a part, which is a covenantal relational missional model. One of the best description I've, descriptions I've heard is that the Anglican Church of North America, which is the jurisdictional, it's a hierarchical structure, is like the church back in the first century where James, the brother, half-brother of Jesus, was in Jerusalem. It's the institution. The Anglican mission is more like Paul and Barnabas in a boat in the Aegean going out doing mission work. We're less institutional. We have a very flat structure. We, some of us do liturgy and some of us don't. We don't have dioceses. We don't have synods. We don't vote. I've always been a little weary about voting. The last time we read that the people in the New Testament voted, they had a vote. They chose Barabbas. So you want to think about that. And so we have a, a very, very flat structure. We have a bishop and a leadership team, and then you go for it. Silas runs a second church in a restaurant. And um, John is starting a work down in Parksville as well. And it's very flat. You don't have to fit into a box. It's, we, the phrase we use is we have a lot of freedom within fences. And so the priests over the last 10 years have had to decide, do you want to be in a jurisdictional model or do you want to be in this sort of low-key covenantal relational model that's one of the best ways I've found to describe that and about six or eight months ago people were forced to make that decision unfortunately through a series of events you either belong to that or you belong to that and the jurisdiction was drawn down the middle and some people decided in Canada to go with the Anglican Church of North America and some people decided to stay with the Anglican mission. And so about eight months ago, all throughout North America, people were forced to make that decision. It was very painful. But that's a good in lead into where we're going to go now. Over the last five, six years, before we had to make a decision, the one common factor that drew us together was what we didn't want to belong to. We all knew that we didn't want to be part of that Anglican Church of Canada or part of the Episcopal Church of the USA. But having a common enemy is not really great for vision. <laughs> we all know where we don't want to be. But eight months ago, we had to decide not only where you don't want to be, we also had to decide now what do you want to do? Where is your vision? Do you have a vision that is more of an institutional, jurisdictional model? Or do you have a vision which is more a missionary model? So you will find now, as a result of this very painful division where people have had to choose between these two organisations, one benefit has come out of that. And that is vision has been clarified. The people who are part of the jurisdictional, institutional model... They want to do that 
Anglican thing. It's really important to them, and that's okay. That's great. But those who don't want to do that, people like you and me and us guys and those who have stayed with the mission, we have clarified that not only this is not what we don't want to do, but this is what we want to do. We want to be relational in our ministry. We want to be visionary in our ministry and we want to be organic, which means it's not controlled from the top. Like I said, if somebody comes and wants to start a ministry here, go for it. Within the broad parameters, go for it. If you want to change your liturgy, you don't have to get a letter from your bishop. If you want to move the piano, have three candles, you don't need a letter from the bishop. So what we're going to do now, we'll have some time for question and answer in a minute, but what we're going to do now is we want to share with you not so much what we don't want to belong to. We all know that. That's why we're where we are. We, we all get that. We don't want to be part of that traditional, heretical, non-Bible-believing system. Okay, but what do we want to belong to? What, what are we passionate about? What are we, where are we going with this? What, how is following Jesus helping us focus on this? And so for the next few minutes, we want to share about that, what that looks like in, in North America, but is specifically in the Canadian expression, because we're responsible. And, and Dave is our administrator, I'm sure you know, and we've got Dave as part of our team as well. So between the four of us and Dave as our administrator, we are now trying to shape the future of this thing called the Anglican Mission in Canada. I can tell you it won't be rules and laws and jurisdictions and robes. It'll be much more loose than that. And so it's the, the way to describe this would be to start with Bishop Silas. Uh, without taking away his thunder... Bishop Silas recently wrote a dissertation, got his PhD on a, on a, a doctorate, on a passionate core of what is, is the basis of our vision. And I think it would be best now if we hand it over to Silas and, and then after we've done the talking, then we'll have some question and answer time. Okay? You know, it's such a joy every time when I, when I can be with you. <clears throat> Just half an hour ago, I had a very deep sharing with uh, Walter Ruskin. And uh, last time when I came, uh, we, we shared quite a lot, and I prayed for him. And, you know, he shared with me that uh, I think for Jericho Road people, you know, that he was um, a Marine captain. And he shared with me of the joy that uh, God used him 25 years to lead one of his best friends to Jesus just just a short while ago. And and the guy was also a um, marine captain, and he is now 80 years of age. And he and his wife uh, just attended the Passfield worship last Sunday, he said. You know, ACIA is on a plan given by Jesus. Well, we are talking about prophetic thing. Okay? And um, this Jericho role is a church with prophetic gifts. Right? 
prophetic gifts means first you have the relationship with Jesus and you are able to listen to Jesus and when you listen to Jesus you are able to follow Jesus plan that's what Peter want to tell us following Jesus is a relational thing if you have that relational that you got to have the fruit which is missional relational and missional goes together for water he had his previous life in pain because he didn't know Jesus but when he know Jesus he enjoy the relational new life in him and so he is now missional you know God use him to change someone's life that is most important so this is ACIC so if you see the picture can we go back to the the first one um yeah okay so um so um when when i became the uh, the bishop uh, three years and three months ago um i um um i invite our leadership team to seattle uh, staying in a hotel locking them up i mean locking all of us up for three days together with our coach terry warning you know uh, terry will be one of the speaker uh, uh, in the summit the coming uh, thursday to um, to uh, Saturday um, he has been uh, the uh, the professor of a doctoral um, ministry degree program for three very famous seminary including Fuller seminary then I just got my degree last December so in that we receive this dream lifter you know this is weird you know you know, when, when, you know, when we receive prophetic gift, lots of things, it becomes, it's quite weird, but it's so true. Because you don't know that, uh, well, the hotel that we live is the Boeing factory. So for all three days, we were having meeting in that room. And then this huge, never before huge 747 renovated to be a cargo 747 called Dreamlifter, they test fly just in front of us. So covering the whole window. And then another one. And then another one. You know? So, so <laughs> we went out and see what happened. Oh, and so, actually, I bought this model from the uh, Boeing factory. So it's on my desk air now, all right, for three years. Dream lifters. We believe that God gave us a um, tailor-made plan for ACIC. We are having a big dream. And we are delivering cargoes to lots of places. Some places we, we don't even know. We are dream lifters. Your church is a dream lifter. You know, you deliver lots of things, mostly God's word, new life to lots of people. So, <coughs> this is a micro plan. Micro plan starts with Jesus' parable of the seeds. Jesus says the natural growth of a plant is from micro to macro. Macro is harvest. You know, we all talk about harvest. But you need to know, Jesus says, first the stalk. 
the tiny green thing, right? Then the head, then the full kernel, then the harvest. But now, in my research for the past six years, let me ask you a question. Okay. How many percent of Christians now are having daily devotion? Okay. Raise up just one time, all right? I start with 100% on earth of Christians are having daily devotion, okay? 100%, 90, 80, 60, 70, all right? Just raise up one time, okay? My question is, how many Christians on earth now are having daily devotion? Daily devotion, reading the Bible, praying every day, okay? Now, 100%. Yeah, if you raise up your hand, you must be crazy. You know? <laughs> okay, 90%, 80, 70, 60, 50, 40, 40, 40 okay. 30, 20, 10, less than 5, less than 5. Another question. How many Christians are having a daily, intimate, personal relationship with Jesus? The difference of my second question to the first question is, the first question, you may have daily devotion, but you do your daily devotion because you want to learn something, study, or because for duty, okay? Because you are a leader of the church, right? And you have a duty to, to read Bible. Or because of guilty, because your people will say, oh, you are a leader, you are a pastor, you don't do daily devotion because of guilty, right? So, second question. How many Christians are having a daily, intimate, personal relationship with Jesus? Okay? 100, 90, 80, 70, 60, 50%. Not even 50%, 50%. 40%, 30 20, 10, less than 5, 0. So my research is there are only less than 10% or even less than 5% of Christians are having daily devotion. Very serious. And all of that 10% to 5%, there are less than those people. They are having a daily devotion but with a daily intimate personal relationship with Jesus. So our plan is to follow Jesus' plan of first the stock, encouraging people to enter into this daily, intimate, personal relationship with Jesus. So our plan is four stages. The first stages, we encourage more disciples, encouraging people to be a disciple, to disciple more people to become Jesus' disciples. Which is, our plan is Disciple 1, 2, 3. Actually, it starts with last year. We focus each stage one year at a time. But we can, we can choose any stage, all right? So, Disciple. You, being a Disciple, you get two people, new Christian or old Christian, but they do not have daily devotion. You be with them for three months so that they get along on the path of real daily devotion. So this year is Evangelist 1, 2, 3. When we have that micro, 
personal relationship with Jesus, then we will be missional. If you are relational and you are not missional, then something gets wrong. So, evangelist one, two, three. <coughs> Sorry. Evangelist one, two, three is you become an evangelist to lead people to, to Jesus, just like Walter Ruskin, that God used him for 25 years to lead one of his best friends, a marine captain, to Jesus. But you, you may need only maybe two days. You know what happened last Saturday? I was with uh, Archbishop Young and Julia last Saturday in Toronto. So um, they had an Alpha course last November, and they brought quite a number of new Christians to their church. But one lady called Linda, and I first uh, um, um, knew her just uh, last Saturday. So she came with her husband, but she didn't want to receive Jesus after the, the Alpha course last November. Until now, she come to uh, Toronto Emmanuel Church every Sunday and attend their Saturday uh, group. Uh, they have that group after, after Alpha course. So somebody told me that um, she is being blocked by something. Maybe she, she has been a Buddhist for so many years. She was in a Buddhist a primary school and a high school. And, and, and so uh, during dinner time, uh, all the people were in their big sitting room. And I saw Linda there. And prophetic gifts, okay? We listened to Jesus' call. So I feel Jesus called me not to join the big group, but to sit beside her. This is the first step. You know, you lead people to Jesus. Jesus gives you some kind of opportunities. And you need to get that opportunity. So I sit beside her. I said, what really happened? that for one year that you are still waiting. She said, I'm not ready. And she talked lots of things. Okay? So I went back to the hotel. I do my daily devotion. I've been having two blogs and two podcasts for the past so many years. And during my daily devotion, I had a deep feeling that Jesus wanted to use me to lead her to Christ. So Jesus told me something. I got that word okay. in the morning, Sunday morning. So we had a groundbreaking of a huge project. You can see the photo later that if you are in micro, then macro will come. If you think of macro and you forget the micro, nothing will happen. All right? Okay. So we had a groundbreaking of a huge building project of 150 million Canadian dollar of community ch church now starting to build in Toronto, Emmanuel Church, one of ACIC churches. So in the groundbreaking, I, I went to Linda and then um, pat her shoulder. And I said, I am moved that that." I feel that Jesus wants me to tell you, you are ready. This is the time. So today is a very important day, Thanksgiving Sunday. And today is your church groundbreaking of your huge community church. I feel that Jesus wants you to give your life to him today. And I 
and prepare to lead you in prayer. You don't need to say anything. I'm not going to push you. So you think about that? Maybe you pray. But I guess Jesus already told you, I am just confirming what you receive. Ah, that is important, huh? I'm just confirming what you already received from the sharing last night. So I look at her and she look at me. And so I start the groundbreaking with Archbishop Young. And then after the groundbreaking, we went to lunch in a Chinese restaurant. And she was sitting there. And so I went. I said, are you ready for the prayer? She looked at me. Yes. So I led her to a table and I prayed with her. And she received Jesus. But before that, half an hour, half an hour ago, I walked with her husband to the restaurant. And I asked her husband, what happened to your wife that she is still waiting? He said, yeah, I think it's maybe it's, he has been a Buddhist for so many years. He said, I wish someone would finally get the goal kick for my wife. You know? And I said, Lord, help me to be that someone. And then it happened. So everyone, we were so rejoiced. In that very special time, when they experienced God's micro plan happen after 10 years of preparation. And they have someone to receive Jesus on that day. So, this is our, our plan. We start small. To lead people to have a daily, intimate, personal relationship with Jesus. And then to encourage more and more people, like water. You know, he said with tears that, I used so many words for so many years to lead him to Jesus. Sometime my friend just said, forget it. Don't bother me. I'm not going to read your email. But he persistently tried all his best. This is evangelist. So evangelist one, two, three is to invite people to bring two non-Christians to Jesus and then be with them three months to teach them daily devotion. So next year, we will focus on a deeper level, mentoring. Or, or equipping us. So we will have some courses that we encourage more and more people to be a mentor, a deeper level with disciple, to encourage people maybe to, um, to take some courses, to have a deeper knowledge about knowing Jesus. And then the fourth year, we will be in church planting. We will encourage more and more people to know that church planting is God's will. You know, our children minister gave me an old newspaper, year 2000. It's about my church. I'm now still the rector of Richmond Emmanuel Church. The previous bishop, Michael Engham, appointed me as the priest in charge of this church, uh, asked me to plant this church in 1996. So I start this church from zero. In year 2000, we become a parish, which is we do not need any support. We can self-support ourselves, and we have a celebration. 
And so, the diocesan news had a front page of me and the bishop and the worship. You know, there's a line. That's funny. It's so funny. It says, it's such a joyful day because the Diocese of New Westminster, uh, New Westminster has not planned any church for the past 30 years. This is our first church planet. I nearly got fainted, you know. For 30 years, never one church plan. Surviving an Anglican church is already so good. <laughs> not talking about church planting. No, this is not Jesus', Jesus call. So actually, I myself have planned two churches last year. One is a church in a restaurant. So every Wednesday, every Wednesday, uh, 3.30, uh, we have a church in a Chinese uh, seafood restaurant. We start already two alpha, and I baptize eight adults and one child. Uh, five of them last December, and uh, six of them, and then three of them just a month ago. It's such a joy to see those, those people. They cannot go to church because they are restaurant workers. They have to work on Sunday because of living. But now... We have a church for them. It's a new paradigm. You know, it's a new paradigm. Okay? So, I have another house church model by one of our previous pastors uh, to plan a house church model uh, called FANGS um, for all nations. So, let's take a look at the, those pictures and I'm, I'm finished. Okay? Now, this is the uh, three years ago. We had that discernment process and then we launched this uh, four stages of Jesus' tailor-made plan for ACIC. Okay, next one, next one. Okay, see? This is the dream lifter, a huge airplane. Okay, go on. Yeah, so we went into that factory. Go on. Yeah, so this is our mega, our macro plan of a huge uh, building project of a senior condo with about 300-something units, one-bedroom, two-bedroom, with a new church, our Toronto Emmanuel Church, and we have a, a, a second stage on the right-hand side. Okay, next one. So, we are now building this first stage, and then in three years' time, we are going to build this second stage. And the it's a plan of 150 million Canadian dollars. A huge plan, lots of work. Uh, it's a miracle. Human beings cannot do that. It's a God-sized plan. I don't know why it happened uh, to, to, to us. It's such a gift to us. Okay, uh, yes, okay. This is, this is the, the, the building that we're going to build in a month's time. Go on. Yeah, next one. So this is uh, last year when I blessed the sales office. Last year's photo. Go on. And this is uh, uh, this week's photo when Archbishop Young and Julia went to our sales office. You see? So out, so out, so out. Wow, lots of units, so out. <laughs> yeah, okay, go on. Yeah, so this is uh, just last, uh, no, this Monday. This Monday, yeah. Okay, go on. Yeah, so this is uh, Toronto Emmanuel Church. This is a new church plan. Three years ago, start from a couple, a pastor called Emin Ho. Start with only five people. Now there are 60 to 80 people every Sunday. No seats. 
Okay, so this is the groundbreaking. Yeah, go on. Yeah, next. Next. Yeah, so you can see Anglican Mission in Americas, Toronto Emmanuel Church. Next. Yeah. Next. Yeah, this is uh, his daughter. Yeah, uh, this is the groundbreaking. Next one. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, Archbishop Young had a vision when he was consecrated as bishop in 1990 as the bishop of Sabah. And uh, in 1993, he received a vision of a plan called 113. One Christian to lead a non-Christian to Jesus and use three years to prepare that person to become a disciple of Jesus. So he received that from uh, Psalm 126. Sow with tears, reap with joy. So this is sow with tears, and this is reap of joy or harvest. So he gave this uh, stole to each one of the AMI bishops. We are so honored to, uh, to bear uh, Archbishop Young's uh, vision that he got from Jesus, that we really are, well, we sow with tears. But now it's so joyful to see all those fruits. Okay, go on. Next one. See the smile? Yeah, Julie smiles, my wife, and Edmund's uh, wife. Yeah, smile. Right. Yeah, next, next one. Next one. Yeah, so this is uh, Toronto Emmanuel Church people on that Sunday uh, that they gather together. Next one. Okay, now I want to say, in order for Jesus' plan to happen from micro to, ma to macro, we need to pray. Our church, Richmond Emmanuel Church, is on fire now. Uh, we grow in all areas, especially in coming together to pray. So, you know, it's so difficult to ask people to come for prayer meeting. Okay? You ask people to come to eating, good. You ask people to watch a movie, good. You ask people to do anything, good. But you ask people to come just to pray, no, not me. So I have been so difficult for me to gather people in my church. So every Saturday morning at 9 a.m., we have a prayer meeting. Uh, a few years ago, we had only less than 10 people. We are a church of Sunday, 350 to 400 people on a Sunday. But we had just 10 people willing to come to pray, believing in the power of prayer. But now we have more than 30 people every Saturday. Okay, next one. So um, uh, two, two Sundays ago, yeah, Archbishop and, and, and Julia came to our church and joined our prayer meeting. Next one. Yeah, this is my wife, Michelle. She yeah, cannot come this time. Next one. Now, this is cool. We start Alpha course 1990, 12 years ago. But this is the first year we have a prayer team when they are having that Alpha uh, movie. We had a team at the back kneeling down to pray, naming all those participants. This, this year, we had about 130 to 150 participants, including Christians and non-Christians. Next one. See, we kneel down to pray for each one of the names, most of the names we don't know. So I invite you to know that 
Well, your church, Jericho Road, and all ACIC church now actually receive prophetic gifts. And how are we going to receive Jesus' tailor-made plan and are willing to say, yes, we will follow you. We know that this is good for us. Start from micro. A daily, intimate, personal relationship with Jesus. And then macro things can happen. Lots of things can happen. Even you have a high school. Miraculous. Thank you, Silas. Um, Just one quick uh, clarification. Silas used the acronym ACIC, Anglican Coalition in Canada. That's the shelf name, the legal name for the Anglican mission in the Americas in Canada. It's it's the same thing, but we're tending to use the the phrase Anglican mission in the Americas in Canada, although technically our name is Anglican Coalition Canada just by law. Um, Very quickly, I'm going to give you an opportunity to ask some questions, but I thought you know John and he's spoken, but let me introduce you to Ed Hurd, Ed um, is a, an author and um, a long-time rector of St. Simon's Church on, in North Vancouver. I thought maybe just before we ask questions, maybe, Ed, you would say a few words and maybe respond to what Silas has said just in a couple of minutes. Uh, sure, I'd be happy to. I agree. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I thought you'd be impressed. I... Yeah, last evening there was someone who said God can destroy anything that deprives children of their inheritance. Do you remember somebody saying that? They were very smart. Yeah. And there's a wonderful inheritance in this church. Uh, You guys are a miracle. Uh, Sadly, it doesn't happen very often. Christians talk a good talk, but they rarely reconcile. Uh, We... We hide behind our Bible knowledge. We, we get prophecy wars against each other. Uh, but entering into your inheritance, what someone called a release of life, hope, and identity. Uh, hopefully, that's where we'll be as a movement. Now, a movement is something that's supposed to move. An institution, yeah, homeostasis, uh, I want to tell you the, the truth about any of us with the England background or any denominational background or non-denominational, we all tend to get stuck. Uh, we're far more institutional than we want to admit. Institutionalism is like bad breath and body odor. If your spouse loves you, they'll tell you kindly. Has your spouse ever told you that or someone? By the way, you need to brush your teeth. And, and we left... Uh, Egypt, um, well, you guys left way before us. As a matter of fact, I came to a prayer meeting um, back in, I think it was 1997. Yeah, and I, I was so impressed with it. Uh, our cousins, Dr. John and Joy Klein, were, were part of your church. And I was so impressed, I said, why haven't I heard about this church? And I wanted to write you guys up. And, and it didn't happen. I apologize for that. Yeah, anyway, so my wife and I, we were on holidays, I think it was June or something, and we were up visiting Cathedral Grove, and I just got this impulse, we should keep driving. 
you know, up to the Never Never Land called Port Alberni. And we came up there, and I just thought, maybe we can find uh, John and his people. And I stumbled back into your prayer meeting. I felt like I I come back. There's something really deep in your church for prayer. This is part of your inheritance. And I mean, Silas had to do a doctorate just to find your inheritance. <laughs> so, so he's preaching to the choir, isn't he? He's preaching to the choir. You know, yeah, most of the things that, that we've been discovering, John, knew years ago, it's all about inheritance. And I like what he said about account- accountability means I'm here to see you succeed. Wouldn't that be great if we could be a movement that were about that. And quite frankly, when the ACIC were birthed, we, were, we had more bad breath and body odor than we realized. We, yeah, we were far more institutional than we thought, and you, you, discovered, you reminded us, uh, but we have an inheritance. Uh, we're walking to the... Our inheritance means being sons and daughters. I'm quoting somebody. Hopefully that's what we can be about as a movement receiving the inheritance we've already been, we already have. Right. Thank you. Okay, so you've heard a little bit about our vision, get together and pray. Get together and pray and lead someone to Christ. Get together and pray and lead someone to Christ and grow. Get together and pray and lead someone to Christ and grow and reach out, plant churches, micro to macro. That's the sort of flavour. What about we spend some time now? Um, maybe you've got some questions you'd like to ask about anything. Somebody have a question? I'll just bring the mic to you. My name's Jill, and I'm from your church. <laughs> Wait, Rock. <laughs> yeah. Um, I totally understand what you're saying about the micro to macro. That makes perfect sense. Do you have a kind of set plan for planting more churches or do you kind of go with how that happens or is that something that's talked about, planting more churches? It is. Our church is not steady enough. And you are talking about church planting. We are not going to listen to you. I was so sad at the time. I fast and pray. You know, God has his, his method to get away with some people. <laughs> so this guy, no, actually, this guy is still in, in our church. <laughs> but, but, but some of those people left. So... So, so um, in three years' time, I became a network leader, and in one year' time, I became a, a bishop. And so, I think we are leaders leading by our examples. That's why I use Bishop's Pioneer Ministry that I have, Bishop's Fund, to launch two church plants without, I mean, even talking with my council. But now... All our council understand church planting is so wonderful. So you know what? We are going to start our first Richmond Emmanuel Church daughter church plant next year. 
And our, one of our pastors, she is willing to become the new um, uh, pastor in charge to lead a church plant. But not before people's eyes open. Oh, it's not difficult. It's not difficult. And it's really God is leading us. So your question is very important. Just like Peter said, he doesn't have a two-year plan. I, our church, doesn't have a two-year plan. We walk one step at a time of how Jesus leads us. But I think Jesus is leading us into this cycle, the parable of the growing seeds. First, the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel, then harvest. And then start with first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel, then the harvest. Boom, 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 boom. And Archbishop Young's uh, diocese, two cycles in six years, the number of people doubled from seven-something thousand to 17,000 members in their, their, uh, in their diocese, right? Your Grace? I'm Kat. I'm from here. Um, I'm curious if, how do I say this? The Anglican Coalition, does it encourage uh, prophecy and hands-on healing through the whole, um, through the whole, <laughs> I guess? I think that, that don't need a long answer for that, absolutely. Come, come tonight and see. Tonight we have healing and prayer and you'll see God move. And tomorrow night, Thursday night, we have, for most of the people in the mainland, we're going to do another service of healing. Friday night we're going to do healing and an opportunity of people being called to serve God in some way. So um, Ed might want to say something. Uh, I, I think it's accurate to say we encourage. I think all of our churches are somewhere in a continuum. I, I don't think all of our churches are as advanced in the prophetic as this congregation, but I, I think we want to grow. Sometimes when, when you're gifted in prophecy, you end up with prophecy wars, and that's fun. I think, Kat, what I would say is that... Um, Pretty well, all our churches are characterized by some sort of charismatic influence. Time for one more question? We might even have time for two, so you, know, you don't have to fight over it. Go, right now. Okay, I wasn't in here earlier, so I'm just curious about, you said the ACIC and the Anglican Mission in the Americas. Now, we still are underneath that also? Yes, that's correct. The ACIC is our legal name because Canada requires us to have a tax name and all that, right? Um, so, and, and we're not allowed to call ourselves the Anglican Mission legally because the Anglican Church of Canada won't let us use those name, those two words in the same title. So we, we call ourselves the Anglican Coalition in Canada. That's what our legal name is when we do the tax and all that stuff. But for all intents and purposes, we are the Anglican Mission in Canada. We're just the Canadian version of this whole North American movement called the Anglican Mission in the Americas. Does that make sense? How have you found the um, um, oh, I don't even know how to word it the, the, the religious institutional rituals that many of us have experienced for many years have, 
in the Angl in the uh, mission church churches have you found is that a uh, is that being a struggle to um, to to you know because it, like I believe Jesus came to end that and that's you know and, what's your and first name Caroline sorry Caroline and you're from here Parksville, Parksville. from Parksville. I, I can give you at least one response, and that is one of the things that I think the Anglican mission is uh, giving freedom to is freedom of expression. So we're not really, you know, in order for Jericho Road to have a freedom to be non-liturgical uh, in one sense, there's also the freedom for Richmond Emmanuel to be liturgical. And the issue in the end is not your form so much as where you're, what you're filling into that form. So the Anglican Mission across North America, I mean, there are churches that would not, people would not come here to Jericho Road because we're too free. And we would not go to them because they're too uh, liturgical. But we respect the fact that there's a variety of expressions, but no matter what your expression, you're still saying following Jesus is our priority. And that's, that's one of the attractive things. of the, One of the things that was so important for me when we started joining the Anglican Coalition is their freedom to be non-liturgical without being told we're second class, which is what we are told for years. And so if we want that freedom, we've got to give that freedom. So in the end, the forms will vary across the country and across the continent, but the passion for Jesus is what's being fueled behind that all the time. And I think you, you would find Carolyn, Carol Ann, you would find Carol Ann that because Jesus is what we're following, the liturgy is a means to an end, sort of what I was saying this morning in the first talk, you'll find that people from here, you would love it in our church if you came to visit, just like we would love it in you because it's not the vehicle that's important, it's the presence of God in Jesus. So I stopped wearing robes because people in Crescent Beach, South Surrey, don't relate to robes. But we kept doing a liturgy for communion because we use an African liturgy and our people have learned to be interactive and responsive. I, I tell you, it was so powerful two weeks ago that at the beginning of communion, I, I literally broke down because of the way people were responding. Not the liturgy. You can do that or not do it. It was the Spirit of God. So again, a means to an end. Right, and some people that as if as long as it's a means to an end. If well, we don't do it if you don't do that. We don't do that, and we do page forty-nine. You already lost the battle. Right. 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 You see, we lost it. We're not following Jesus anymore. I think that's why we're all part of the mission. Well, to respond to that, I. Uh really appreciate this course and uh, I asked Cheryl who designed this she said it's my husband yeah <laughs> right so so I I have not asked John why there are so many chains there but from what I receive is you know Jesus free us from so many chains you know we are being chains by so many different traditions you know you cannot do this you have to follow exactly. This is what I have been trained in Hong Kong, you know, and 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 now I'm free, you know. I I I allow I, I allow you know every clergy whether you wear or not wear, oh, 
no, that's not the big deal. The big deal is whether we can celebrate with the presence of Jesus in joy. Right? I myself don't care if I'm second class. Because uh, if we preach the message of Jesus, they'll follow us, no matter what we look like. And nothing's changed for 2,000 years. Well, listen, um, let, let's break for lunch. We've got a long, nice long lunch together. The idea is that you get time to visit. I encourage you over lunch, um, try and sit with people you don't know, especially the Jericho Road people because you know each other. And get, get to meet some of the other folks and you'll find, I think one thing you'll find is a like-mindedness amongst us that was created by the Holy Spirit. Um, Dave has... Uh, you've got those things, don't you, Dave? For those of you who are interested, I brought with me a short um, description from the Anglican Mission in the Americas headquarters, an idea or, or sort of a philosophy of what we're like. And if you'd like a copy, Dave can give you one. Just grab one if you're interested in it. It's a very sort of brief synopsis of w what, what drives the mission. What, what, it's very Celtic. It's very you know, very loose. So if you're interested in it, take a copy and you can read that and, and that's for your own interest. That sort of sums up what the Anglican Mission in the Americas over the whole of North America is looking like and, and what some of our convictions are. So uh, we're going to have lunch now and then after lunch, around about 2 o'clock, we're going to just spend a couple of hours doing some group work. And um, what we're going to do, uh, just to whet your appetites, is talk about the church and have your input. You're going to do some work. So here's a question for you. Can you be a Christian and yet not go to church? What's your response going to be? You're going to tell me that's a trick question, right? Because I already told you that. You are the church. We're going to discuss that this afternoon in, in some groups. Um, and we'll have different... Uh, the, these guys and Dave will be leading. So shall we say grace now or do you want to... Ed, would you like to say grace for us? Dear Father, we thank you for everyone here today. We ask the fresh uh, pouring of your Holy Spirit on our fellowship and your blessing on the food in Jesus' name. Amen.